Lindsay and I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old this Christmas, and this Christmas our four-year-old seems to get it. He understands what Christmas, or at least tomorrow, is about. Now, before you think that he's some super spiritual child, um, Lindsay was explaining to him a few weeks ago about Passover and said, now, do you know what Passover is? And I believe, Lindsay, tell me if I'm right, that the answer was that's when Santa passes over the house to make sure that (laughs) the kids have been good or bad. So sometimes we still get confused on, on some of those aspects, but But he understands, as Jared shared a minute ago, about the anticipation about what comes tomorrow. We've always enjoyed the unwrapping of presents on Christmas Day, but it's the building up and just understanding what's going to happen. And this year he knows what Christmas morning that you get to open presents. And the way we know that is every commercial that comes on television, every time that there's an ad and something that comes in the mail, it's, oh, I want that. No, I want that too. And we have to help him understand just because you see it doesn't mean you what? Doesn't mean you get it. But do you remember when you were a child and you used to get those magazines that would come in the mail? Maybe it was the J.C. Penney catalog, or for many of you, am I right, was it the Sears catalog? Is that, do we have a picture of the, the Sears catalog? Look at those wonderful pictures that they had on there. Um, and, and you would get that, and, and maybe you had a Sharpie, and you would circle all the things that you wanted, or maybe you would take it and you'd rip that page out. Yep, that's the one I want, and you make a collection, and you would tell your mom or dad or grandparents, hey, this is what I want. You could look through that magazine, you could look through that catalog ten different times, and you would find something new every single time you looked at it, wouldn't you? Well, for some of us who have been raised in church, whether you're followers of Jesus or not, we're in the Bible Belt here in Alabama, and we've heard the Christmas story over and over again, and sometimes I'm afraid that it loses its effect. We've read it over and over again, but every time we read this story, we can understand and we can grasp the gospel message that is found in this story that occurred over 2,000 years ago. There are three themes that, that I see throughout this Christmas story. And each theme is marked with just one word. The three themes that I see in the Christmas story first is one of sacrifice. Not only do we see sacrifice, we see humility and we see glory. So I want to spend just a a few moments before we partake in the Lord's Supper together and we pass the lights as we end our service this evening. And I want to look at each of those themes again just briefly The first theme that I think that we see in this Christmas story found in Luke chapter 2 or in Matthew chapter 1 is the story of sacrifice. You see, when you look into that manger that we have here and and you think about that Christmas wasn't the beginning of Jesus. We know in John chapter 1 that the Bible tells us that Jesus along with God has always existed You want your brain to hurt, start thinking about that. There was no beginning to God. There was no beginning to Jesus. But at Christmas time, we celebrate that God took on human form, that he took on flesh and was born, and he left heaven's throne at Christmas. And where did they place him? In a manger, in a feeding trough where animals would eat from. Imagine just the sacrifice that God made by sending his son to leave, instantly to leave heaven's throne to be placed, even be made uncomfortable just by the ends of the pieces of straw where he would lay his head. Jesus' entire life was marked by sacrifice. Every day of his life he sacrificed so that we would understand the meaning of eternal life and his life of sacrifice ended up with the ultimate sacrifice of him sacrificing his life. 
See, at some point when you read the Christmas story, when you understand what Jesus did for us, it's a story that is one marked with suffering. Why would God send his son to leave heaven's throne to be born and live in a, born in a manger? Because he knew there was no other way. There was no other way for you and for me to be joined back together, to be reconciled back to him unless he first came and sacrificed his own son. Not only do we think of sacrifice, we think of humility. See, when you look at the Christmas story, the Christmas story confronts us with this cold, hard fact. And that fact is that our lives are so messed up, that we are so out of control, that there is no other way that we could have this relationship with God apart from the fact of God sending his son. We have to be honest with ourselves. There's no way that we can fix ourselves. We can't gain salvation. We can't earn an opportunity to become a child of God. And that means that we have to be honest with ourselves and understand that apart from this gift that came at Christmas, that there is no hope. We need to reflect on the sacrifice of God sacrificing his son We reflect on humility and honesty that our lives are so messed up apart from the gift of grace given to us that we're hopeless. And finally, we reflect on glory. Can there be anything more glorious that your mind can even try to comprehend than the gift of God's love and grace that he freely, if you were here this morning, unto us a son is given that God freely gave to us? It's almost hard to wrap your brain around it. That there's a God who loves us so much that it would motivate him to sacrifice for us so that we could have this eternal life, even in the midst of our own rebellion. Even in the midst of our hypocrisy. Even in the midst while we were still, what, sinners, Christ came and died for us. It's amazing when you think about it that God doesn't just look down from heaven and say, enough, I'm finished, I can't, I can't help this group of people anymore. They continue to rebel time and time again, but God does the exact opposite. At Christmas, he says, no, 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 I'm not finished with them. Now I'm going to give them the ultimate gift. Now I am going to give them salvation through the gift of my son. So this Christmas, as you read the story, and I hope that you'll take the time to read that story as a family before you open the packages tomorrow. You'll reflect on the sacrifice that God gave us. You'll think of the humility that we have to have to understand apart from him we're hopeless. And you'll reflect upon his glory. Because we know and we understand this baby that was born in a manger that we celebrate tonight and we continue by celebrating tomorrow. He came with one purpose. What was his purpose? His purpose was to come and die. This king of all kings and the Lord of all lords that was born in this manger, he would grow up. He would live a, a perfect life, teaching us many lessons, performing miracles. But he came for one purpose, and his purpose was to willingly obey his father and lay down his life to take your sin, to take my sin upon himself, to sacrifice himself, being the propitiation for our sins. And your sin is satisfied. Your debt is satisfied because of the gift of Jesus Christ that's taken your sins to the cross. That's the gift that we celebrate this Christmas. I love the way that Paul Tripp says it. He says it this way in one of his devotions on Christmas. He says, ordinarily, the death of a conquering king is the end of the story. But this king came to conquer 
how by dying for those over whom he would establish his rule. This is grace. The king died to dethrone kings so that he would be their king forever and ever. This baby that was born that we celebrate today. We can't celebrate his birth without thinking about his sacrifice that he made on the cross. So every year during this service, we have the opportunity to partake in the Lord's Supper, to reflect upon the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And as we do that, I hope that you understand that this is an opportunity for every single person who is a follower of Jesus. Whether you're a member of this church, whether you're a Baptist or not, it doesn't matter. But if you're a follower of Jesus, we want you to join with us as we share in the elements, as we reflect upon his body that was broken for our sins. We reflect upon the blood that was shed so that we might be seen as pure and spotless because of his sacrifice. So before we take the elements, I want to give us just a moment to pray and to prepare our hearts for this very sacred time that we reflect on the gift of Jesus Christ. So let me give you just a minute to pray quietly, silently where you are, and then I'll end with a prayer, and then our deacons will come and serve the elements. But let's pray together for just a minute, and then we'll proceed. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to this moment in our service that we remember, we reflect, we celebrate the sacrifice that was made on our behalf, understanding that apart from the gift of Jesus dying on the cross, that we are hopeless, but because of your death, because of your sacrifice, that we have eternal life. We simply pause to say thank you for that gift. And I pray now that as we share in these elements that we would constantly live lives of gratitude, of thankfulness, understanding that this gift, while free to us, cost you your one and only son. So in the most humble way that we can, we come before you as we share tonight, and we say thank you. Thank you for the birth of your son. Thank you for the sacrifice of the cross. And thank you for the resurrection that gives us hope beyond all hope. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.